All right, hello and welcome. This is the Tech Reformation. With me this week are Craig. Hey guys, how you going? How's it going, Craig? Good, thank you. Derek? Hey there, good to be back. Back again, and Tank. Hello. How's everybody doing? Pretty good. Yeah, fantastic. No one wants to talk all at once. <laughs> Anything exciting happen with you guys this week that anybody wants to mention? Went to Utah. Went to Utah. Tell us about that. Yeah. Awesome. So my church uh, does a lot of ministry to the LDS church. Um, we've been training for about a year now. I've met with Mormon missionaries for about six months, and um, we set up a trip to go to U- to go to Utah to work with a guy named Russ East. He's been there for twenty years, just doing Mormon ministry. And so yeah, we went and hung out a lot at Temple Square argued with some missionaries, sat down on benches, talking to random people. It was a blast. That is the dream. Done. That's the dream. Sharing the gospel and arguing with Mormons. There you go. (laughs) American dream right there. Australian dream, too. Australian dream, too. We actually got one kind of random cool thing. Um, My favorite stories were always the good conversations just about Christ, but... uh, a different my pastor he's really into apologetics and we actually got to sit down at a table with a mormon apologist who's like on youtube and stuff so three people on our team recognized him like i know this guy i've seen him on youtube <laughs> so that was pretty intense yeah really cool. i just realized that by doing this so early on we just lost all of our mormon listeners <laughs> uh but hey if you're a mormon and you're listening to this email us at uh, uh, no, it's ask at techreformation.com, and maybe we'll have you on the show. We would love to talk to you. Yeah, we'd love to talk to you. It's good. Especially if you love technology and theology, which is what we're all about here at Tech Reformation. Well, that is awesome. We are very thankful that you uh, were obedient to the call to go, Tank. Anytime. I didn't call you, but, you know, <laughs> the Lord did. <laughs> That's what I meant. Uh, anyway, all right, enough of this. Moving on to... Uh, Tech you should know from this week. Couple couple tech bits this week. First off, Google Maps updated their iOS app, which now has a night mode. Thank goodness my eyes were burning with that bright light at night. Snapchat also updated with a travel mode to save on your mobile data as you use it away from Wi-Fi. And Twitter has finally dropped the 140-character limit uh, messaging for direct messaging. Not for tweets. They still have that. Wait, it was only 140 characters? Yes. I thought that they had, that it was at like 280 characters or something like that. Like just double of what a normal tweet was. No, it was 140 and it was so annoying. You could not type more than, (laughs) yeah, whenever I was tweeting to you guys to set this thing up, I was limited to 140 characters. That's why I sent like four messages at once. Yeah, I'm Hmm. I'm pretty sure pretty early on after like two back and forths, I said to Ben, Let's just Facebook message or something instead. It's going to be much quicker than than having to trim all our character counts and do yeah. three messages at a time just to get the message across. So Yeah, and then we just started doing Google Hangouts instead, which was much more fun. Yeah. True. Twitter's great, but it's not the place for uh, conversation. Maybe now not it will be. Maybe now it will be. Whereas Slack. Whereas Slack is a great place. More about that That's at good. the end of the show. That's TechReformation.slack.com. More about that later. And then two big uh, big events this week. Google was in the news. Uh, they've 
renamed themselves, come up with a new company that they're a subsidiary of, something like that. It's all very confusing and convoluted, honestly, uh, especially if you're a normie like me. Actually, I think it makes a lot of sense for them to split out the companies like this to make Google kind of its own thing and Alphabet be like the overarching company. There, there's this guy named uh, Jason Snell, uh, who I, he is a host of a podcast called Upgrade, um, and he's talked about this stuff a lot, like there being two halves of Google. Um, so there being the Google that is the moneymaker, the search engine, and then the Google that does all the crazy stuff like, I don't know, weather balloons and um, cars and that that kind of stuff that's now becoming like its own thing. Plus you have Nest on top of that, like the different companies that Google has bought over the years, but they don't really fit into Google. Having Alphabet kind of being this overseeing company, at least from my my perspective, makes a lot more sense than just having Google be just everything. It provides a little more differentiation. As far as the name, though, I think Alphabet's... I, I, I can't get over the name Alphabet, but it's kind of a weird name. <laughs> yes, G is for Google. <laughs> it's, it's not a very interesting name, but anyway... So the parent company, like Derek was saying, is going to own um, Google, which will stay doing sort of the, the information organization business that they've been doing. They're still going to do search. You do not go to alphabet.com now to do searching the Internet. That's not ever going to change, I don't think. It's still google.com, the front page of the Internet. Um, but they're also going to own companies like Nest, which Derek mentioned, which is like smart thermostats and and home automation type stuff, and they're gonna—they have a couple others that I hadn't heard of previously. Um, Calico, which I think is like biotech, and then they have life sciences um, as well. One of those groups is doing like blood sugar measuring contacts. I mean, pretty crazy and advanced stuff. Um, the self-driving cars division of Google is splitting off into just auto under Alphabet, I think, um, and a couple other things. And so um, this really allows for the company to branch out, like you're saying, Derek, uh, into more than just search. Google definitely was getting schizophrenic with as big as they were. The stock is changing, uh, though, over to Alphabet stock instead of Google. So Google's now just a wholly owned subsidiary. But anyway, to the front-end user, I don't think there will be much difference, uh, at least early on. You can go to abc.xyz if you want to know more about that. And for the record, even though I find Alphabet to be an incredibly odd name, the domain is brilliant. I love abc.xyz. That's right. Also this week, a big announcement from Samsung. Uh, they held a, a Note 5 event. So they've released uh, the Note 5, the Galaxy S6 Edge Plus, which is just a ridiculously long name for a phone, uh, version of Apple Pay, but it's Samsung Pay. <laughs> And a couple other things, they're trying to bring back the hardware keyboard, uh, which is really interesting, I think, now that we've all sort of transitioned over to touchscreen only. So we'll see if that takes off in, in the coming months. What's the screen size? Are they up to like 12 inch or <laughs> like, is it, di is it dinner plate size yet or what, what are the... I don't think so. They keep I getting think, bigger and bigger. So I think they're right around the five and a half to six inch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the S6 Edge Plus is 5.7 inch. And the Note is also 5.7 inch. Wow, okay. It's pretty big. Yep. But not as big as a dinner plate. 
Not as big as a dinner plate. Thank goodness. I just find it terribly amusing that they're trying to cop uh, BlackBerry phone style after they've lost all the market share. Yep. Also, blueberry phones. Those are wicked cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's Isn't that just when you buy a BlackBerry and put a blue case on it? Or is there a separate thing? <laughs> That's an Australiaism. I'm not aware of it. Sorry. Ah. Uh, yeah my bad there'll probably be a few of those and apologize in advance for that no Um, don't apologize it's awesome can i ask a question about one of those tech you should know sure um snapchat look i don't i don't know a lot about it i've never used it i don't have it on any of my devices i have a vague idea of what the concept behind it is but what is a travel mode for snapchat how does that even work what what is the purpose of that you said something about data uses less data or something but what's the do you know what the actual concept is behind that yeah so this one's a really interesting one obviously when you're recording video or pictures uh and you're not on wi-fi and you're sending it back to and from friends right uh, it can use a lot of data all at once because you're sending the the picture over your mobile data so they've introduced uh, a feature they're calling travel mode and Mostly what I've seen in the news is that it, quote, reduces your mobile data usage. I'm not exactly sure how it hooks into uh, the phone itself to do that. Is it just extra compression or what it like? How does that even work? How does it reduce your data usage? So travel mode reduces mobile data. The feature is accessible in settings and is turned off by default, presumably to provide the best quality image by default. So I guess it's taking lower quality images so that they're smaller. Yeah. And probably lower quality video as well, so that you're not sending such huge files over mm. over your uh, data on your phone. Do any of you use Snapchat? Just let's. I do. No, you do. Okay. Yeah, it's good. I like it purely because I don't want to send video or picture in iMessage because they're huge. And up until iOS eight or nine, they didn't self destruct that stuff. So it, your messages app would just be like three gigs on your phone. It was ridiculous. Mm. So I could use Snapchat because it would self-destruct. It wouldn't take up so much storage on my phone. I have a Windows phone, and there's no apps on the Windows phone, so I can't use Snapchat. Zero apps. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they're up to, like, you know, a couple I hundred. I don't know they cry. They've got at least <laughs> a few dozen. <laughs> Actually, that's I don't a good know. I've question. just stopped opening the App Store. I'm going to Google how many... I'm going to Google how many apps on the Microsoft App Store. Wait, maybe I should alphabet how many apps on the... Live Googling on a podcast, folks. This is this is why you listen in, so that you can hear Ben Google how many apps on a Windows phone. Oh, yeah. Maybe this could, that could be a game we play each week. How many apps on the Windows phone this week, guys? And we all pick a number and see who's closest. 100,000 apps. Wow. Isn't that what all those app stores say? Like we've got over this many apps, and oh. always quote a really big number. Wait a minute, corrections and apologies here. Uh, no, it is three hundred thousand as of August twenty fourteen. Well, that's more. Wow. The one hundred thousand yeah. is because they grew to one hundred thousand faster than Android, uh, but slower than iOS. Yeah, that makes sense. So that I were they were at a hundred thousand, I guess, in the first year, and it took Android twenty four months, and iOS sixteen months. No, that can't be right. I don't know. More on this next week when I've actually had time to figure out the answer. 
how to Google things. Yeah, how to alphabet things. <laughs> cool. S is for search. Fun fact, I also use Bing. I'm going to appear to be a Microsoft fanboy. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so it sounds Bing like we need me... one more host uh, who's an Android <laughs> fanboy, and we will be complete. <laughs> Bing gives me money whenever I use their search engines. So. Sold. Yeah. I, I'm willing to take bad results and randomly go to Google to find something for the money they pay me. Hey, yeah, that sounds like a good deal. I'm Are the search out. results noticeably different? <laughs> Rarely. Uh, I do software development, um, and sometimes whenever I need good information for solving a problem, I just have to go to Google. For some reason, Bing just can't help me. But any other That's time, it'll always find what I want. So. I really don't want Google to know that I'm a software developer, so I don't log into my Google account when I search stuff for work. I don't know why. I just really don't want them to know that. Everything else they can know. They can have my photos. I'll be on Google <laughs> Plus or Alphabet Plus, whatever it is. But they won't. They will not have my occupation. That is one step too far, sir. On Tech You Should Use this week going to be talking about LastPass Password Manager. Um, I'm sure there are still people out there, I was one of them not too long ago, that uses roughly one or two passwords for every single site you go to. Me, I had my password for all the sites I cared about, and then my password for all the sites I didn't care about. However, you've also probably been bashed, whether through articles you've read or through tech-savvy friends who tell you that that is a very bad practice. And I agree, it is a bad practice, but it's, it's a lot practice. easier. <laughs> it's a lot easier than uh, coming up with many passwords and remembering them. Derek is a big hater on non-randomized passwords. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I am. One password has ruined me. But you're talking about uh, a last pass, so we'll keep going with that. But yeah, the general idea is you should not have just one password for all of your sites i did for Stop. years and i was never hacked same as far as you know as far as, as i know that's know. true <laughs> well they didn't take any of my money so i mean i what else would they take there you go <laughs> your occupation great... yeah <laughs> they told google i'm a software developer <laughs> dang it they know now secrets out there's a great xkcd that explains how how easy it would be for someone to steal your password if um, if you use the same one. Maybe we can link to that. But anyway, so we all can agree it's bad. So how, how do we fix this problem? Well, that's where LastPass comes in. LastPass is software that um, is a plug-in to your browser or your mobile phones. And what it does is it's like Chrome Autofill or whatever Autofill. I don't know why I said Chrome. I use Chrome. But anyway, it's like autofill, but secure. Um, so anytime you go to a website, if it's stored, it'll pop your information in. Uh, however, this is all blocked behind a firewall or encryption. I don't know the words. And it's so it keeps your password safe. It lets you automatically generate new passwords, random ones, so you can have a 20-character long password filled with 
no words and equal signs and exclamations, and you never have to know it. And or if you're Derek, you can have a 128-character password. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. No, it's, I, I generally only stay at 30-character passwords. I don't, I don't oh go above that. Oh, my gosh. That is so big. I Ma- usually do 12 or 16. <laughs> 12 Makes or it a 20, nightmare to, to read off my phone and type into someone else's computer. But, you know, I do that pretty mm. rarely. So, Tank, what Surely is the character, according to Rainbow points. Tables, that we need to be at? Do you know? I just said firewall. <laughs> the way that last pass protects passwords. So well, there probably is a firewall, guy. to be honest. But yeah, okay. Hang on, Derek. Why thirty? Like, surely there's enough variance in twelve to fourteen characters to make it hard enough to. Let me let me look up guess. that X. Let me look up that XKCD article again, or not article. You know, but the, <laughs> that com- I mean, have you seen that comic? The Research one with paper. the yes, uh, correct horse. Uh, bat- staple or, uh, correct horse, horse staple battery <laughs> yeah horse uh, running joke um, well, why are you running that joke that no one listening running, knows about running like a horse yeah um, last week okay so for those of you who don't know what we're talking about which is probably everyone last week when we were talking um, Ben was just trying to get me to tell him some Australian things that we say vernacular Australian vernacular that he might, might not know of and I mentioned that we called tomato sauce dead horse because it rhymes. And he said, horse and sauce don't rhyme. If you speak with an American accent, at least. So that was where that How does that from. go, Craig? We How does that go? We had a giggle about the fact that we, we say things quite differently. How do you say it as an American? Horse. <laughs> What's the difference? So as an, American, as an American, I'd be saying dead horse. As an Australian, I say dead horse. I'll just leave it to the listeners to decide. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with this XKCD uh, comic, they're they're talking about the the whole trend to go with a lot of different, um, like go with numbers and and like uh, special characters and stuff, and you know keep it at a 12, 12 character password or something. Um, but uh, the math that he uses says that it, that with, I guess. Like it has troubadour at three or something with numbers mixed in and and all that, and that's only I guess twelve characters. It's pretty easy to guess from like a computer standpoint at uh, three days at a thousand guesses a second. Um, whereas you have the phrase correct horse battery staple, which is way easier to remember than troubadour and three or with these crazy numbers mixed in. And that's, I guess like 24, 25 characters. And that takes 550 years at a thousand guesses a second. (laughs) So that's kind of the, so, so the idea is that the longer the password that you have, the harder it is for a computer to guess, not necessarily the more strange the the more strange characters you throw in it'll be harder yeah because okay i mean yeah if you're listening to this and you're just getting involved in technology and you wanted to hear some guys talk about it because you thought it was interesting it is not trickier when someone's (laughs) trying to hack you to use leet speak so you cannot just use threes for ease (laughs) and then it's harder to guess your password that's actually not true that's a common misconception right 
Now, I don't know, th- like, certain computer, certain hacking computers or whatever that, that hackers will use, I'm sure, put in dictionaries and, you know, what is the most likely character next? I mean, I've heard people talk about that too, but mm. generally speaking, you have a much longer password, You and especially if it's randomly generated, then, you know, you, you have it easy either way. See, it's just easy for me to use a 30-character password because I just have it auto-generate and... True. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah, I've seen says eight is inadequate now, and that used to be the standard. And twelve is acceptable. Yeah. Well, if you were on the side of nobody's going to hack me, um, we could go into problems with that. But other benefits of it. One of my favorites is that my wife has her own computer. I have my computer, and we have our own logins for different sites. Well, if for some reason, I need to log on anything of my wife's. Now that we're sharing the last pass, all of our passwords are in the same container. So that is another benefit for if you, for your significant other, you can share your passwords together safely and easily. It lets you, like if you need to log on to um, a Facebook, it will have a little drop down. Do you want to log in to Ryan's or Michelle's? That's my wife's name. And... You can pick, and it'll fill it in for you. Um, another benefit that it has is it helps you remember, like if you log into some crazy site that you think you'll never go back to and 10 years later, probably not 10 years, but a long time later you go back. I can never remember which password I use, and I try 20 of them. If it's in your last pass, it'll just pop right in. Like, oh, thank you, LastPass. Um, and then finally... Uh, Another useful part about it is secure notes. So if you just need to store some random note that you want to be safe, you can put it behind your LastPass protection barrier. So those are are benefits other than just keeping you hack-free with Steps at AC. Cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't get the reference there. (laughs) <laughs> as a commercial i don't oh, even okay. something free with pepsi dc i don't even know what it is but acid <laughs> lost on me right. <laughs> so anyway one of the reasons we wanted to pick LastPass this week is because uh they just announced within the last couple of days that they're going free on mobile so previously uh you would there's a mobile app on pretty much every thing you'd probably have do they have a windows app tank Yes, they have a yeah, Windows app. They got a Windows wow. app, so they're everywhere. <laughs> there is um, one app. <laughs> you used to have to pay $12 a year uh, for to LastPass so you could get to it on mobile, but now it's free. It does say that you'll still have to pay to use Touch ID if you have like a fingerprint sensor uh, on your phone, which that's how I log into mine. Um, so yeah, free on mobile. Check it out. I should also mention, I'm pretty sure this will stay true for the foreseeable future. We are not getting paid for tech you should use. We really just think... This is awesome stuff that we're using. It's making our lives easier. We want to make your lives easier. Uh, So LastPass did not sponsor us in any way. (laughs) We just think they're awesome. If they wanted to sponsor us, we'd be open to it. So if you're from LastPass, ask at (laughs) techreformation.com. That's right. Get your people to talk to our people. That's right. (laughs) I have food sponsorships. Food sponsorships? What? Yeah. Hang on. Aren't you already getting money from Bing? Bing doesn't sponsor the show either. I wish. That'd be cool. Tech Reformation brought to you by (laughs) Alphabet. Just kidding. We're the T. Now, the T is going to be Twitter. You heard it here first. 
Alphabet will acquire Twitter. Uh, moving on, the last segment, Theology from the Headlines, and this week our topic is... Virtual reality. I was hoping you'd say it, Craig. How's that? I don't know, just because. Okay, cool. I said it. <laughs> let's, let's jump into it. Virtual well, reality. Into virtual reality. Let's jump into this podcast in which we talk about virtual reality. That's right. So, we'll put this in the show notes. Um, one helpful distinction before we kind of get started. I'm just going to refer to everything as quote-unquote, alternate reality, because there's so many different kinds now. Um, if you're not familiar with the space, uh, you know, you got things like Google Glass, which kind of has failed. Alphabet Glass, I don't know. Anyway, uh, you've also got Microsoft HoloLens. They've said they're going to come out with that next year. Um, and a bunch of other uh, small tech startups are, are moving into this space. So the helpful distinction is uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, or mixed reality. So Microsoft has been apparently pretty antsy about um, HoloLens is augmented. It is not augmented reality. It's mixed reality. So it's you're living in this world and they're importing uh, sort of technology or, or data into it. So it's mixed with the present world. Whereas virtual reality would be immersive. You wouldn't see any of the, the actual world. You just see all virtual um, so anyway, we'll put that in the show notes. And and what I'm trying, I I read the article. I I know that they they like to make a difference between augmented reality and mixed reality. But what exactly makes it different? Because it seems like mixed re, mixed reality would be perfectly well described as augmented reality, unless they're just doing the whole. This doesn't sound nerdy, or this is a new cool sounding thing, you know. So yeah, let me just read a small snippet from this. They say, what is virtual virtual reality? So there's three, virtual, augmented, and mixed. For virtual reality, the key buzzword here is presence, shorthand for technology and content that can trick the brain into believing it is somewhere it's not. When you flinch at a virtual dinosaur or don't want to step off an imaginary ledge, that's presence at work. So virtual reality is going to be immersive. So think of things like Oculus Rift, where you're going to put on a headset and you will only see what they show you. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, yeah. So f- oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense now. For yeah. augmented reality, they say the key term for AR is utility. A typical augmented reality experience will probably be a lot less exciting than meeting a dinosaur or riding a roller coaster, but analysts have argued the potential market for AR applications is actually much larger, larger than VR. So AR takes your view of the real world and adds digital information or data on top of it. But Microsoft wants to be called Mixed Reality, their product. Uh, And the key term there is flexibility. So it tries to combine the best aspects of VR and AR, wrapped up in a marketable term that sounds marginally less geeky than its cousins. Thank you, Recode, for your excellent coverage there. So those are kind of the three terms we're working with. To to kind of differentiate between augmented and mixed, um, I would say it's context. So if you're looking at the the addition is very contextual with what you're looking at like if you're looking at an angle between two walls 
or the corner of two walls, it might give you the angle. That's useful information contextually with what you're looking at. Whereas with mixed reality, it's not necessarily contextual. It just fits there so like a Minecraft game sitting on a table. It's not telling you any data about the table. It's more like a virtual scene, but it's still uh, augmented into a normal reality. Uh, okay. So that's, that's yeah, kind that's of helpful. the differentia- differentiation. Yeah. And that's, I think, what HoloLens wants to do is sort of broadcast things onto tables or onto walls or, you know, you can check your Facebook feed on your living room wall or something like that. I don't know how practical it's going to be for consumers, but that's kind of the things they've showed off uh, previously. So uh, in particular, what I want to get into here um, is the, the headline here is choose your reality, virtual, augmented, or mixed, right? And we'll, again, we'll post that in the show notes. Um, but this whole idea of choosing your reality um, as a Christian, kind of what's our response or reaction or interaction with that? For, for myself, um, I remember one time when I was younger, uh, this was before my salvation six years ago, and I was watching a movie where there was swords and magic and everything. And I personally was just thinking like, man, I wish I lived in a world like this, you know, like with swords and magic and we can run by all sorts of stuff um but looking back on that now basically i would be saying that i wish god had created a different world than a one than the one he created so i was saying for whatever the reason this new world is better uh, so i think at least with virtual reality if we start with that one um there's nothing wrong with having an escape but i think um I would have a tendency to want to live in that virtual world. And obviously that would get into a problem with um, me wanting to be God almost and say, I wish I can, I know this world would be better than the actual real one. That's, that was my take on it. Yeah, that's great. And just to clarify for our listeners, we're not saying that virtual reality is inherently sinful. Um, we're just saying, you know, what's the tendency of our heart uh, to do with this thing, which is coming, whether we like it or not. You, you probably won't be able to stop the uh, advance of virtual reality over the next, I mean, few years, right? Microsoft's coming out with this HoloLens thing next year. Um, and yeah, I would tend to agree. I think we sort of want to escape and we sort of want uh, the next big thrill, um, if you will. So a, a world in which I have unlimited powers or those are always my favorite video games. Um, is where I can literally do anything or break anything. Um, and so, I mean, like you said, you get the sense that you're God, and I think we're all sort of craving um, for that. Naturally, we're craving for that um, feeling, um, and that's kind of where I think this could go awry pretty easily. I mean, at the same time, we we do have the freedom to enjoy you know, fictional universes and, yeah. and uh and and enjoy the stories that come from the creativity that God has given people. Um, and yeah, that's one of the things that Lewis and Tolkien, um, Narnia and, and Lord of the Rings, were always big on. Was you know we worship and serve a created God or a creative God, God not created. That'd be oxymoron. It's uh, <laughs> a different your, podcast. Or, one that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't want to be on that one. Yeah. Anyway, creative. God, and so we should uh, honor him with our creativity as well. And I think that's why they developed the immersive worlds that they, the fictional worlds that they did. Uh, but there was no 
confusion in their mind when they were writing those stories. Um, they weren't and, trying to escape necessarily to from yeah. reality. And I think in the case of Lewis, who was almost his, it seems like his, um, his, you know, alternate universe or his his fantasy based universe, I guess, in terms of Narnia, was it was almost like a vehicle that he used to explain or to allegorize or to to mirror kind of, I guess, uh, a a meaningful reality in our world um, to help his readers and sure it was an entertainment thing and and it's you can easily get lost in the stories just just for the sake of the story but i think he kind of walked this line of i'm writing this story that people can get lost in but there is a a higher purpose to that and i i think i i totally agree with derek like um without getting too heavy you know we don't need to say oh you shouldn't have any hobbies and you shouldn't enjoy doing things of course you can enjoy um doing things and, and recreation and whatever that is, whether it's virtual reality or sports or whatever you're into, you can enjoy those things. But um, I think for me it would be, I mean, Tank said that there's that, that thing of, you know, creature created divide kind of potentially being flipped, which I think is a real issue. And I think the other one for me would be, um, you know, you, you sort of talk to people every now and then who virtual worlds are their thing and they they just, it's, it's, it's a time sucker. Like I, I, when I was studying years ago, I remember, um, I was, I was in this particular course. It was really, you know, it was a pretty competitive to get into and only a certain number of people let in per year interview only kind of thing. And there was a, there was a, a guy in, in my, in my class who basically they, the lecturer said, look, you know, what's going on? Why are you not arriving on time ever? And he said, I have to play World of Warcraft or whatever it was, whatever game he was into, what other, whatever other world he was, was his thing. He said, I have to do that this many hours a day. And so my other commitments can't get in the way of that. And I think that's another tendency. I mean, that's obviously an extreme case, but I think there is a tendency for us for a variety of reasons, whether or not whether it's we think this world is better than our world or we just feel like we have more power in that world and so we want to use that and enjoy that and have fun with that. I think the tendency is to suck time. And I guess, uh, you know, if I, without again, without going too super spiritual and, and trying to make it really heavy, but just thinking about, you know, what did Jesus do for recreation? And, and you know, in, in that time period, there was no virtual reality. And so what was that? What did that look like? And when he wanted... Because I guess I was reading some of these articles and they were talking about, um, you know, is it antisocial to be into this stuff? And and they said, well, kind of, but so is reading a book, right? Like it's a it's an individual exercise. And so what's the difference? What's the harm? Um, what did Jesus do when he wanted individual time? From what I remember, from what I've re- read, he went and spent time with his father and spent time in prayer and got away and um, and, you know, thought about the serious things, I guess, rather than just, um, wasting that time on something. So I guess, yeah, for me, that's a, that's one of the things that like, I, you know, we talked about, or I talked about last episode, like how do we steward this stuff? Well, I think it's awesome to be able to have fun with this stuff, but there definitely needs to be boundaries set and, and a, an awareness of, um, what's happening with my time as well as my headspace on this. Yeah. I would, um, like on the, topic of time um i love video games i play them all the time um i'm actually pretty pumped about the whole virtual virtual reality scene i've always wanted um to try it out so i'm excited about it at the same time you mentioned world of warcraft um i used to play a game called runescape 
Yes, RuneScape. I've put. I wish I had an hour counter on that game, or maybe I don't, because it would be scary. I put so much time, and um, and this is when I was a bit younger. Um, but anyway, so I loved it, and I've been afraid. I've never touched Warcraft, World of Warcraft, because of how much I got into RuneScape. Can you imagine how much I would have gotten into World of Warcraft, which is most likely a much better. And so now I'm thinking virtual reality. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> like I can see myself never wanting to leave the thing. And I'm married, and obviously I find it more important to do things like share the gospel and spend time with uh, with my father. Um, but yeah, I also thought on the subject of time that real quick, John Piper talked about being a maximizer and a minimizer or something like that. And it was the difference between the idea of um, if I do this, is this a sin? That's a minimizer. What's the least I, the little least I can do and get away with it? And a maximizer, yeah. how much can I do to bring glory to God? And so I think we should approach all our recreation with that. Like, is RuneScape a sin? No. But am I really glorifying God to the max with that? That's something just each person has to answer individually. Yeah, that's great. Um, I Two of the things that you guys said I really want to bring out <clears throat> and maybe dig into a little bit more. Um, one of the things I saw this week in line with what you were just saying, Tank, um, was one sign of Christian maturity is um, uh, a young Christian or a new Christian says, uh, is this bad? Can I do this? Can a Christian do X, Y, Z, right? You've heard tons of these questions. But a mature Christian says, is this best? Right. So what's the best way for me to spend my time, redeem my time? And it's more, I think, a uh, focus on direction um, rather than decision. Like what should I do versus what direction should I be headed? Um, and so I, I'd just like to bring that out in this discussion. Also, um, to add on to what Craig was saying, another article Recode ran recently, uh, headline virtual reality startup. Yes, VR is antisocial and that's OK. Um, and so there's I think the tendency we're all talking about to sort of escape to these these virtual realities um, is a real, a real one. Um, and is, is something that could be potentially very problematic. I mean, the trend and we've all talked about video games cause that's the first, I think application of virtual reality that, that everyone has seen. Um, and so there's a lot of overplay there with video games, but if you followed the industry over recent years, you've noticed how, you know, the latest Grand Theft Auto game boasts like hundreds of hours of gameplay or something like that. Whereas we started with Pong and it was like you had to play or, or you, a big part of the game was you could play someone else and you wouldn't spend hours upon hours upon hours of time doing trying to get to every single aspect of, of the game. Whereas when you get to this more immersive reality, that's what's going to happen. I mean, there's going to be so much to discover and do. Think about if Minecraft was VR. It's literally endless. You can't, well, maybe not literally, but you can't, uh, you can't discover all there is to discover because you, you're constantly creating new stuff. And, and so I think about, yes, it's okay to go, to go read a book by yourself. I'm not, obviously, I'm not saying that VR is bad. Um, but I think it's, the question is, what's our tendency? And our ten- my tendency will be to plug on my headset and stop talking to everyone. And I think about two things from the scriptures. The first thing that God says is not good in, in the creation order is that man is alone. And the author to the Hebrews says, never neglect meeting together. And so, you know, 
how far are we going to go with this individual experience, I guess, would be my question. Well, I mean, there's a balance and you can certainly interact with people uh, in, I mean, I, I can't imagine that virtual reality will be a thing and only be a thing as something antisocial. Like, I'll, I'd imagine that, um, I mean, multi multiplayer gaming is so huge that it's inconceivable to me to not to to have a virtual uh, reality or augmented or mixed reality um, system that doesn't appeal to uh, socializing with other people and and interacting with other people. And um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, you know, it's kind of like the difference between Facebook and Reddit. You go to both places to share information, but you, there's a huge difference in those two communities, right? Mm -hmm. But it's the same technology. It's it's on, it's the internet, and it's share. It's a community sharing place platform, right? So you go to talk about what's going on, and it is very social. But like I said, there's a huge difference between those two communities. Mm -hmm. Craig, did you want to say something? Oh. Yeah, sorry. I was just uh, in terms of balance. Like I think what Derek was saying about balance is important, and, and the fact that you know. Like we've talked about already, yes, we need to be able to enjoy this stuff and that kind of thing, but also be aware of, of um, spending time not just by ourselves and um, you know, doing things that are potentially more important. I guess the thing when I think of balance is that I think that that is something we dr drastically need in every or pretty much every area like this that can have the potential to otherwise um, pull us away from the more important things, but... I think the tendency for a lot of us is to get into a, a discussion either internally or with other people, like I think Ben was talking about before, kind of like how how close can I get to the edge of the cliff? Like, you know, how how much can I do this? Um, someone said, I think it might have been Tank said before, sort of how, you know, how much or how little is, is just the right amount so that you're not sinning. Um, and I think uh, that, that what is best, what is okay thing really hit home to me when I saw, a, um, again, John Piper, or at least the Desire and God organization ran a study, I think it was earlier this year, um, where they actually surveyed people. I, I even participated in the survey, it was online, just about um, smartphone usage and asking questions like, you know, how do you check every morning as a standard, do you check your emails first or read your Bible first? Do you check your Facebook you know, before you have your shower or and, and get ready and read your Bible and stuff or afterwards? And how many times a day are you checking social media and things like that? And and he just the stats that came out of that, particularly for our generation, um, were pretty phenomenal in terms of um, people, yeah, possibly putting the wrong thing or things in the wrong order, I guess, in terms of importance. And it's a little thing, like you know, can you can you check your social media before you read your Bible and and still read your Bible and still be spending time with God that day? Well, yeah, you can do it in that order. But what is that saying about? about what you're doing, you know, what yeah, what's most important to you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you want to get down to the practical, uh, literally yesterday when I woke up, I thought about you saying that Craig and you, cause this isn't the first time I've heard you say that, um, that we were so quick to go to our phone versus our Bible. And I literally, I woke up and I thought I should check what's been going on overnight. And, and a lot of it is for this podcast, right? What kind of things have been said on the internet that we can, that we want to bring out here. Uh, but it doesn't matter. I mean, my first priority in the morning, as uh, George Muller says, is to get my heart happy in God. Um, and how am I going to do that if not going to his word? 
Um, yeah, I think it's great that um, we're talking about balance. That's definitely an important um, aspect of all Christian life and all the things that we're saying. But as as we were talking, I was thinking this is called, um, our podcast is called Tech Reformation. Um, and so we know we know VR is coming, and at least I know that I'm probably going to be a part of uh, whatever comes. Oh, and yeah. so I would be interested in talking about how how we can um, reform it. Um, how can we use this uh, for the glory of God? Um, and my first thought was, uh, there's a lot of, as we said, virtual reality is antisocial. Um, but I know whenever I didn't have the ability to talk to a single other human being, which was a time period of my life, I played an online game uh, different from RuneScape, but just as nerdy, where I literally was like one of the top people. Everybody loved me. Um, and that was where I could talk to people. So just imagine virtual reality. There will be people who that becomes their lives, and that's where they're confident, and that's where they're able to have discussions. So we as Christians, if we enjoy those kind of games, um, we can go in there and engage people who normally we would never see because they would never mm-hmm. leave their house. And they're now confident to have a discussion, and we can see each other virtual face to virtual face, and we can share the love of Christ in that way. And so I think maybe this will be a really cool opportunity to reach almost an unreached people group of shyness. Um, So, yeah, I think that's one positive benefit of this virtual reality scene that may be coming. Yeah, the Internet is almost the reversal of the garage door. So What's what's the garage door? We drive into our castles, shut the door, and never have to go outside, right? Mm. But the Internet, I mean, from our living room, we can connect with, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in an instant. And so it's sort of the reversal of that trend. I think that's that's really cool. Sounds like a um a real mission field in a virtual space or a virtual world, I guess. And if uh, <laughs> this isn't something to be joking about, but like persecution, like the worst persecution you can receive for sharing the gospel is PvP. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, I mean, we can safely share the gospel with people who, if we tried to go there physically, it would be a lot more dangerous. Um, and praise God for those who do go there physically. Um, but this is just another avenue to share the gospel in closed countries as well. I think there are serious implications for discipleship, too. Um, even just in maybe what, what I would call a precursor to full immersive multiplayer virtual reality Things like Skype, which we're using right now, and Google Hangouts, and just ways to connect to each other um, across, you know, the ocean, um, really allow for discipleship. So I just recently moved to um, a couple states away, like seven hours from home. Um, and when I was there, I was a part of K Life, which is awesome. Um, maybe more on that later. But anyway, uh, I was part of a small group of, of high school students that I was leading, and I've been able to continue to stay in contact and continue sort of that discipleship process because of um, my use of technology. Um, and a phone call is fine, but when you can see someone, like you're talking about, Tank, and when you can get um, all the nonverbals and uh, emotive forms of, of communication rather than just voice, um, I think that's that's going to be incredibly powerful for uh, discipleship as we move forward into this uh, this space. Yeah, I think there's a lot of 
great advantages to virtual reality or and and all of this that you 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 can't necessarily get if you have you know if you don't have uh a great church within you know an hour or two you know an hour or two to to really be fed or really be able to interact with people i mean um I mean, having having a church body is very important. You, you need that accountability with your church, but um, having access to the ability to uh, talk to people who who you really respect. If you've moved, you know, three states away, then having having the ability to uh, interact and learn from people in that way is uh, could be really helpful. So let's talk about some more of sort of the positive aspects of, of VR uh, as we wrap this this segment up. Um, you know, I think one thing, sort of the let me Google that age mindset, uh, VR just takes into its log- logical conclusion. So it uh, used to be whenever you wanted to know something, you'd have to go pick a reference book up off the wall and, and look it up. But now we can grab our phone and literally just Google it or alphabet. Um <laughs> And and know the answer right there. And so VR um, or or MR specifically um, can broadcast information into our world that we need that we know we'll need in one place. So say the operating room, for example. I mean, you could have interactive, immersive pictures of a human limb or the muscles in a body as you're operating on someone. That could be incredibly powerful for uh, the medical industry in terms of moving forward into in medical technology. What else can you guys think of as far as um, sort of redeeming or reforming VR? Yeah, I mean, we've. I feel like I've been in the mindset just the past little bit, just it being gaming, but there's really hugely small-minded when it comes to to different, different reality. I'm trying to merge them all to be, determine a, a term for all of these three together, just digital. Just alternate I just said alternate, yeah, reality. alternate reality. Yeah, surgery and and uh, the stuff that Microsoft was showing off with being able to do your own home repairs and you know you can spend your time helping other people in that way if you have this technology if you have knowledge to do things you can serve your your neighbor in in helping helping them with what they need helping them be able to fix things or uh, just whatever just feeling like even just feeling like you're hanging out in the same room and and talking to each other and encouraging one another all these things are great I think that brings us to a close on theology from the headlines let's move into recommendations you guys got any recommendations this week I'll go first. Um, I am a huge fan of podcasts. Uh, I think I've said before, I I listen to so many podcasts. Um, And my podcast app of choice is called Overcast. It is a wonderful little app. Um, Its audio engine is one of the best that I've heard as far as if you're into speeding up podcasts, uh, like 1.25 times or two two times or, or however long. I mean, it has more intervals than that, but... In addition to that, it's got this thing called Smart Speed, where it basically takes out little sections of silence like throughout the podcast and almost edit it 
edits it on the fly so that you can speed it up probably one and a half times just on that, depending on how much space your podcast has in between. But it doesn't sound weird. It sounds great. Uh, it doesn't kill your battery. Um, I think it's an iOS only thing though. So there's that, but I love it. He's got a good oh, yeah. web interface yeah, too. Great for sharing. I actually use downcast on iOS, but I use the overcast website because it'll, it'll troll feeds, uh, in a way that downcast doesn't. So overcast always knows when an episode is pushed to a mm-hmm. feed and it grabs it. Um, which is cool because people like you know, Apologia, for example, will dump stuff in there a bunch, and I don't check it often enough to get all their episodes, but my Overcast web uh, website catches all of them, so I don't miss anything. Yeah. It's cool. I would recommend uh, Billy Graham's TED Talk. Huh. I don't know if you guys have heard this. Uh, TED Talks, if anybody doesn't know, I think they're pretty well known now. 18-minute talks on technology, entertainment, or design, I think is what it stands for. Um, and they have conferences uh, around the world. They have an annual uh, national TED conference um, where they invite, I mean, really prominent speakers to talk. The best one out there is by Simon Sinek uh, on uh, starting with why it's the greatest. It's been watched like millions of times. But anyway, I want to recommend Billy Graham's. Uh, I don't know why they invited him to the TED conference, but they did. And he, man, he used the opportunity to share the gospel, and it was awesome. Um, but he really started with sort of a technology, um, you know, focus because he was talking about the Israelites um, facing uh, the iron chariots in the Old Testament. And so it was really neat um, to see how he sort of started and then led into the gospel. And he talks about how all of our technological advances haven't been able to defeat our three greatest enemies, um, which I think he said were death, suffering, and evil. And, you know, as, as far as we go with VR or whatever it is, right, anything that we talk about on this podcast, we're not going to be able to beat death. Uh, it's just always going to be there. Ten out of ten people die, as Ray Comfort says, right? And so it was really cool to see, to see Billy Graham talk to all of these brilliant people at a TED conference. So I'd highly recommend that. My recommendation would be something called The Void, being on topic. The Void is like a virtual reality or maybe, I don't know. You walk through a maze with a gun and put on a headset and shoot things that are running at you. Nice. They're technically not there. But yeah, just Google The Void, watch the video, It's uh, the trailer it's, looks pretty stinking awesome, and it's apparently coming out in about a year. So. We can post all these in the show notes too, so that way you don't have to alphabet anything. <laughs> and my recommendation is uh, not a super techno one, but it's, it is another app. Uh, it's called Fighterverse. Do any of you guys use Fighterverse? Never heard of no. it. it. Must I feel be Australian. Like I've heard of it. I, I think it's a um. I think again, it's made maybe by, um, Desiring God, but uh, I could be wrong about that. Anyway, basically, what it is is I uh, I set it to every Sunday it updates and it gives me a new um Bible verse and they're basically verses that are chosen to be um because they're they're really useful and applicable to everyday life um and so. Um, I think it's you can pick from certain books or certain topics or whatever. But basically, the cool thing that I found about it is that um, there's a there's a really simple way within the app to say um, set this verse as my lock screen on my home screen on my phone, um, which just for me has been a really helpful way of memorizing scripture because it means every time I don't wear a watch these days, I just check my the time on my phone. So anytime throughout the day that I check my 
the time or my emails or whatever it is, um, the first thing I see when I press the home screen button on my phone is a Bible verse. And yeah, so I found that really good, really useful. Nice. Awesome. Good recommendations all around. So if you want to get in touch with us, uh, the best places to do that are email, Twitter, or Slack. Uh, Our Twitter, we're at Tech Reformation. Follow us, tweet at us. We'll mention you on the show maybe, Um, especially if it's funny. Um, Email us, ask at techreformation.com. And then please get in our Slack group uh, if you're going to be a regular listener. Or even if you're not, even if you just heard this one time, jump in the Slack. Uh, We want this place to be a 24-7 hub uh, online for community across uh, all borders. And so, you know, obviously we're going to talk about technology and theology uh, particularly strong focus on Jesus, um, and, and we want to all know him better and, and follow him better. Um, and so if you want a community like that, first off, get in a local church, but also jump in our Slack and have conversation with us. Uh, you can maybe influence what we'll talk about on our show. Uh, we'd so love to discuss. Don't be slack getting into Slack. Yeah, that, love to discuss anything we talk saying? about. Yeah, don't be Slack. Get into Slack. That is techreformation.slack.com. Just type it into your URL in your uh, any web browser and any modern web browser, I should say. If you're running like IE6, it probably won't work. But um, I don't know why you're listening to this if you're running IE6. Anyway, um, you'll, you will have to sign up. If you haven't used Slack before, this is a great excuse to, to use it and check it out. Um, you've probably heard of it if you're listening to us. But if you haven't, it's awesome. It's replacing email. Um, it's cool. Anyway, log in, create an account, and jump in, and we'll, we'll have a conversation with you. Uh, techreformation.slack.com If you want to if you want to help us out get us to more people you can uh, review us on iTunes um, yeah, throw whatever stars you feel like on there um, I mean we enjoy five stars Ben's shaking his head <laughs> um, uh, so yeah uh, give us some give us a review uh, tell people about us um this music that you hear in the background that you've and that you've been hearing throughout the episode is used by special permission of Matthew Parker. It's awesome. We're really grateful to have him help us out with um, letting us use his music. Uh, go check Thanks, him out Matt. on SoundCloud or iTunes. And what else? What else we got? Do you know the SoundCloud address for Matthew Parker? I'll put it in the show notes. Okay, awesome. I think it's eyes on him. SoundCloud, yeah, SoundCloud like slash eyes on him. All right, great. This has been great. Uh, We're going to do this every week, uh, hopefully. And if you're listening to episode one, you can probably grab a couple episodes all at once. Uh, Let us know what you think, and we will see you next time. leave you out of the first 15 minutes. <laughs> <That sounds good. laughs> oh, man. Are you recording now? I am recording now. Is that... How's that going to work in the first 15 minutes? How many times do we throw to Derek that it's just going to be crickets? Let's just yeah. put a cricket sound effect in. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then... Yeah, and then right now you can say, sorry, my audio was off. It's episode one or something. Oh, yeah. man.
Episode one, ironing out the bugs. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point Crickets of doing them all at once. Derek's back. <laughs> a new clap for should... where you should cut this stuff out. No, yeah. No, we... Yeah. You might yeah. be able to fill in. You know, yeah, just, I like, think you figure can fill out in. where it is. Oh, that's the sad. That's thirty not seconds to talk. No. Yeah, you could do that. Come on. That's cool good. I think, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I'm not. I don't think that that's how this works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> punch in, punch out, ADR, you'll be fine. Hey, this is Derek from the future. I'm here to make a quick redaction slash correction to the podcast. We're still using Slack for a community group, but we say that you need to go to techreformation.slack.com to get in. And we goofed on that one. We've since corrected our erroneous conceptions of how Slack works and created an automatic invitation thingy on our website. You can put in your email at slack.techreformation.com and you'll be invited to join the Slack. Uh, Sorry for any confusion. If you're still confused, just check the show notes and follow that. That has the proper information on it. Thanks. We hope to chat with you soon.